Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is your host, Christian Nossum of the Awesome Nossum Group here at Wilson Realty. Today, I'm going to be sharing my personal real estate investment journey with you. From buying my first property at the ripe old age of 22 up until now, I'm really going to go over how I got started and what I've learned along the way. And I've honestly, I've been a little hesitant about making this episode because it makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, I don't really love tooting my own horn, but uh, we recently posted about our latest investment property on these social medias, and we got a lot of uh, different responses from people, a lot of questions about investing in real estate, managing investment properties, but there were also some people congratulating us on our very first investment property, which made me chuckle, but also made me realize that I haven't done a good job of explaining all that I've done. So that's when I realized that maybe we need to give a quick overview of all the lessons that I've learned, the pros and cons, and struggles that we've been through over the last 16 years of investing in real estate. So yes, I have a very special guest with me to help discuss my investment journey because this hasn't been my journey alone. It's been our journey, and I have my lovely wife, Shannon Nossum with me. Hello. I Is this my first podcast episode? I think, I it, think it is. I think it we've done be. Instagram yeah. lives, but we've never done a podcast together. <laughs> Yay. Woohoo. I'm finally here. You finally let me come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, my desire to invest in real estate uh, really honestly started super early on. I was a weird kid. I would spend my paper route money and lawn mowing money on buying real estate, how to buy a house with no money down real estate courses and infomercial products. That's totally normal. Everyone does that. When they're 10, 11, 12 years old. That's the kind of stuff I was doing. So I was a little odd in that regard. And so I've always wanted to be in real estate investing in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And Shannon was not necessarily there. <clears throat> no, I was more, you know, the typical like nine to five, low risk kind of person. And it took me some time. It really did. But once I kind of saw the potential, then I was in. Yeah. So how I kind of got into buying my first property is after college, I actually went and moved or lived in the U district near UW. And my landlord asked me if I could show one of the bedrooms that were vacant in my house. It was a seven-bedroom house upstairs with another three-bedroom apartment downstairs. And three-bedroom apartment was getting rented out. A couple of other rooms in mine was getting rented out. And he was like, hey, if you show these rooms for me and if you find the tenant that takes over, I'll pay you 100 bucks." And I was a poor college kid at this point. And 100 bucks was a lot. And it was easy for me to show it because I lived there. I was like, hell yeah, let's do that. So I did that for him for that house, then a couple other houses that he owned. And then a few months later, he brought up a very out of the blue question to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about selling one of my houses. You well, you, well, you were a real estate agent at that point, so it wasn't completely out of the blue. Well, to me from him, I felt yeah. like it was out of the blue, yes. But I had become a real estate agent six months prior, so... I knew what I was doing, kind of, but I was only in the business six months. I wasn't on a team. I was all by myself, just trying to figure out how to make money, make ends meet, stuff like that. He said, do you want to buy one of my houses? You totally should. Um, And the house was uh, in Wallingford. It was a nine-bedroom house, two-bedroom upstairs apartment, 
two bed or seven bedrooms on the main floor in the basement. And I said, huh, well, let me look at the numbers. Does this make sense? He showed me the rents. I moved upstairs with Shannon. We lived in the two bedroom apartment. We rented out the other downstairs apartment and we made like 250 bucks a month living in our own house. And it was amazing. It was awesome. And I think that's part of what kind of converted me was seeing, because at that time we were just dating. Christian was doing his own thing and I was kind of like, okay, whatever you want to do. Like we're just dating. I don't, I'm not that invested in what you're doing. But once he bought that house and I, I, you know, I was living there with him and I understood kind of the power of it and what it could provide for us. It's like, wow. Okay. Maybe I need to open my mind a little bit and be kind of open to some other opportunities because we were making money living in this house and the tenants were paying down our mortgage and I was literally bought the house with, awesome. I had $2,000 in my bank account and I used $1,500 of that to buy the house because this was 2005 and that's what you could do. <laughs> they let you do anything. Anyone could get a loan for any amount, no matter how yeah. little money you made, which I wasn't making much. So it was crazy that I was even able to buy it. Um, and even crazier that it all worked out and it made sense and it was profitable. Yeah. And this was also our first introduction to being landlords. Yep. Um, so we hadn't been landlords before. We'd just been tenants. Although Christian had shown those rooms, like he said, um, the whole paperwork side of it and managing the property. And it was good that we lived in it um, just because I think that helped us with that first one to really be mm -hmm. able to communicate well with our tenants. So that was kind of our... Um, putting our feet in for the first time. Yeah, it was a, it was much easier to be a landlord when the tenants were living in the same house because it was much yeah. more personal like, hey, what's going on? What do you need help with? Okay, yeah, we'll try and fix that for you yeah. real quick. And I'm pretty sure we even split things like utilities yeah. at that point. And so, yeah, it was just easier to navigate than kind of how things are when you don't live there. So mm -hmm. I thought it was a good um, first step. Um, and we didn't know what house hacking was. We had never heard that term, but we were doing it. Yep. So that's that, kind of funny. That term hadn't really been created yet. Yeah. But we, I, I, it wasn't kind of intentional. Like, we're going to look for something. This kind yeah. of just fell in our lap and it was like, oh, this is a good opportunity. And mm -hmm. so we went for it. Yeah. And it's something that we definitely learned kind of on the job. We didn't know how to do it before we jumped in. So we had to go out and find those resources, which we've shared, I think, on Christian has Numerous on this podcast, podcast before. Yep. Um, you know, like rental housing association who gives you all the paperwork and you can check backgrounds and stuff like that. So, yep. um, we definitely learned on the job. So I feel like a lot of people don't invest cause they don't know. They're scared of not knowing things, but you, it's just one of those things you kind of just learn while you're doing it and it's okay. Yeah. It and it's, it's really it not that hard. Yeah. So our next purchase after that, um, basically I had decided to go to law school and I got into Seattle U. So we... I really wanted to live near the school because I knew I'd be studying a ton and I didn't want to waste time commuting, which ultimately was a really good choice because I did not do anything other than study um, for those <laughs> years. Three years, yeah. Um, so we started looking for properties in Beacon Hill. Uh, Christian was always, as he is, paying attention to the path of progress and knew that light rail was going to be coming, but we obviously didn't have a light rail over there yet. Yeah, this was like 2006, 2007, I believe. Somewhere yep. around there. So the light rail hadn't opened up yet, but I knew where the stations were. And so I started driving around the neighborhoods where all the stations were up and coming. And the North Beacon Hill area was the one that I thought had the most potential um, because of its proximity to downtown, I-5, I-90. 
And the area was just a cool area that I could see being an up and coming, very desirable area. Yes, we started looking for properties over there and we weren't intending to necessarily find something with multiple units. Um, We just kind of wanted to find something that would work well or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, Just in that kind of area that had the potential to have the light rail nearby. And Christian found us something that was, uh, it was actually a duplex. So it was two bed, one bath in the upper unit and one bed, one bath in the lower unit. And funny enough, we bought it from another law student at Seattle U. So that was kind of ironic. She actually sold me some of her books and it was kind of a funny transition. She said, I sat right here at this desk and I studied for the bar and I passed. And I said, great, I'm going to sit right there. (laughs) Um, So it was a really great rental. It really, we didn't have any issues with that property. It was Mm -mm. um, pretty simple. Yeah, it wasn't fancy, but it wasn't like, it was like somewhat updated here and there. It was cute. It was a cute house. Yeah. We did yeah. painting and things like that. I think that was about all that we did there. Yeah, it didn't need a ton of work, um, but it was a really good rental and we really enjoyed that one. It wasn't necessarily part of like a long-term investment plan. Like I said, it was more our need of our life. Like, okay, we need to live in this area. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find something that would work for us in our life. And then the investment part would kind of come after that. So, but it worked because it was house hacking. So that was kind of a bonus. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So this was around 2000, like I said, 2007, maybe 2008. Things were going really well. The real estate market was booming. I was making a lot of money, selling a lot of houses. Prices in the city were going crazy. And then this, in North Beacon Hill, this condo conversion came about. And I sold a few units in that building and realized, man, this place has amazing views Um, One of the units that weren't listed yet was about to be listed, but I knew about it because I'd sold some other units in there and were showing a lot of the units all over. And I was like, man, this is such a deal. Like great view, like crazy 180 degree view from Mount Rainier all the way to downtown overlooking Elliott Bay. It was just awesome. And it was a big two bed, two bath, Mm -hmm. 1150 square foot condo unit with a wraparound deck. And we bought that. And I sold a bunch more units in there. And then, lo and behold, the real estate market crashed. And condos didn't hold any value at all, barely. Like, they Mm -hmm. just totally plummeted. And this was our biggest mistake. It was really, really bad. Not only was I not making much money in real estate, because no one was buying and no one was really selling. And the people that were selling were doing short sales or foreclosures or whatever. So we had to sell it as a short sale and it was it was really hard it was not fun it was our biggest mistake in real estate we tried to sell it ourselves on the market at first but no one bit because no one was buying condos and so yeah we had to go the short sale route which sucked and it's not yeah the short sale process was okay it wasn't like the process sucked what sucked more was that we had to do it that Mm -hmm. that we had made a mistake you know as investors i think sometimes people are worried to do things because they're worried to make a mistake and i think after this it was a great lesson in almost you have more regret about what you don't buy than the things you buy that are a mistake because in the end it was like okay we you know we sold it a short sale it was fine we got out of it it's done but there's so many other things i wish we had purchased and those feel like a bigger mistake than this to me now mm-hmm. like oh dang it i wish we had bought that thing or that thing or that thing mm-hmm. so the lesson I learned from this is like, yeah, you're going to buy stuff that's not the best investment occasionally, but not buying things is worse. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, and it did hurt. 
doing it a short sale time, yeah. really hurt and it was not fun and it was not only like financially but like ego wise it kind of mm-hmm. kind of crushed us at least it crushed me i can't speak for you but yeah it was it was, it was not fun but we moved on and we did you know we found other deals eventually and kind of what happened next was interesting we we actually moved back and forth a lot in those years so not just from this point but even from the beginning when we purchased our first two properties we kind of were not transient but we did move between our units quite a bit depending on our needs like mm-hmm. for instance at one point christian broke up with me i know I, <laughs> i'm still mad at him about it no, just no you are not <laughs> so i actually uh transferred down to a law school in portland and then we ended up getting back together only a couple months later but i was already stuck down there because i had transferred over to the school so he, luckily he had some flexibility so he's like hey i'm alone i don't need to be in like a two-bed unit i could go back to my one bed unit over at that Beacon Hill house and and I can save some money every month. So we definitely moved back and forth in between which units we had and that gave us some flexibility depending on what was going on in our life. If we were able to afford more, maybe, maybe we were in a nicer unit. If we, maybe he was alone or he didn't want to pay as much, he stayed in one of our lesser units. So it's kind of one thing that I would say really helped us is, especially pre-kids, even after we had kids though, we moved around is being able to be flexible with where you're willing to live because mm-hmm. that can be really helpful um, just in your investment journey is you do sometimes have to, you don't have to move a lot, but if you can move a lot, it, it does help in the yeah. beginning. And I'll say we benefited a ton from the fact that we house hacked the first two properties so that we did have that flexibility to go mm-hmm. between units depending on where in the stage of life we were. Yep. And that we bought them as all of these properties so far that we've talked about, we had bought as our primary residence first. Mm-hmm. So it was our primary residence. We ha- didn't have to put as much down. We got yeah. better terms on our loans. We lived there for a while and then we ended up moving out and now it's a long-term, more yep. of a long-term investment. So Yeah. I think the first property I did basically zero down, $1,500 down. The second yeah. property, that duplex on Beacon Hill, I think with that one, we actually did 10% down, which we didn't need to, but yeah, interest rates we were also in mid sixes. Six and a half was our interest rate. And at the time, that was a great interest rate. We were actually pretty excited about that, yeah. which looking back is kind of funny. It is funny. Um, and then the condo interest rate, I don't remember what that was, but I think we did very minimal down for that, maybe yeah. 5%. Yeah. I mean, it helped us when you do, when you purchase things as your primary, it does help. It helps you get started in, in acquiring all of your properties. So... One of the other things that really helped us was being able to look at things not just as a permanent purchase, but as something we can trade out for something else. So a lot of times I think investors are like, okay, I gotta gotta get as many as I can and just collect, but you don't have to keep them all. Some of them might be better to sell and then trade it into something better. So one of the properties we did that with is that Beacon Hill house. The light rail ended up coming It was only a few blocks away, Mm -hmm. really bumped up our value on that property, which was great. Even when the market crashed, like our value stayed strong and we actually still made money selling that house, which is crazy because prices everywhere else pretty much plummeted. But since it was a single family house, they did really well and it was a very desirable area. So yeah, so we sold that North Beacon Hill house. We still kept our Wallingford duplex, the first house we bought, and we traded that essentially for a house in northeast seattle where we live now yeah so we knew we wanted to live in northeast seattle Uh, at this point we already had one child 
and we knew we were going to end up over here. So what we wanted to do was to sell that Beacon Hill house and then trade it in for something in this area because we thought it would appreciate better and just be a better investment for us. So Mm -hmm. we actually ended up renting, which that was the first time we had rented since the beginning, really. So Christian and I rented for, I don't know, maybe a year or something. I think it was one year, yeah. Just to test out the area to make sure that this is something we really wanted and that this is the area we wanted to raise our kids in. We liked it. And so then we found, um, we're able to sell that Beacon Hill house and make a profit and then turn that profit to purchase our actually current primary Mm -hmm. residence. Mm -hmm. And that actually turned out to be one of the better investment decisions we've made. Yeah, for sure. Because, well, I mean, the Beacon Hill house did its big jump in value after the light rail came. And then the market since then obviously has gone crazy. But um, purchasing this house as our primary residence six plus years ago now, six years ago, Mm -hmm. was great. And now we're actually going to be house hacking this as well. We're adding a, a little ADU or AADU, attached accessory dwelling unit, a.k.a. A mother-in-law apartment um, into our basement. We have like one bedroom, a bathroom, and like a big random room that was only a laundry room. And like the biggest laundry room you could imagine. Exactly. So dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Like we had a drum set in there. We had a little art area for the kids to play in. In addition to that, like it was just unused space really. So we're going to use that as a mother-in-law apartment. We're going to probably Airbnb it occasionally here and there. Um, We had initially thought we were going to rent it out to traveling nurses with COVID still going on. I don't know if we're going to do that or not, but you know, that's the beauty. It's our place. We can decide what we want to do. Yep. We can decide how we want to do it and when we want to rent it out. So this primary, just for clarity, has currently has four bedrooms, three bathrooms, yeah. yeah, so it was, it was a good purchase in a good area, and it's definitely gone up in value a ton since we bought it, so it was a good one. And then, so after that, Christian and I really, well, we kind of took a little bit of a break on, buying, on things. buying things because our kids were really little. We had three of them, and we were super busy, and we also wanted to save up some more cash before we purchased next, but... Well, and the market then, had changed, and yeah. and it was a lot harder to qualify for a loan. Like, you couldn't do you know, these super crazy loans that were being handed out left and right back before the market crashed, you actually had to qualify. And as a real estate agent, you are essentially paid as an independent contractor. So you're not getting a consistent income and banks don't like that. So we were strategic about it. So we created a corporation that now pays us a salary as W-2 employees so that we can look like we're W-2 employees to the bank. Um, to make them more comfortable with how we're getting paid so that we could easily qualify for more mortgages. And we also needed to, we knew we were going to stay in this house for a bit. So anything that we were going to buy, we would need a larger down payment. Yeah, because we wouldn't, we could have, but we weren't going to purchase something as our primary and live there for a few years and then rent it. After we had our kids, we just felt like they, one, our oldest started school. And so that would have really limited where we could purchase because we didn't want to move her out of her school. So we kind of realized, okay, our days of buying something as our primary living there and then renting it are kind of not necessarily totally over, but mostly over. Yeah. So most With of the a stuff, baby, it was over. 
Yeah, most of the stuff we're going to buy from now on is going to be on an investment loan, which means you have to put 20 to 25% down. And as you know, in Seattle, that's quite a bit of cash. So mm-hmm. we kind of made the decision to save up so that we could be ready for our next purchase. So we were kind of doing an analysis on what we might, might want to buy. And then Christian got an awesome call from somebody. Yeah. So an investor that I know called me up and said, hey, I have a few properties. I'm thinking about selling Before I go on the market, just curious if you knew anyone that wanted to buy any of these off the market. And so he started telling me about them. And one of them was another property in the U District, similar to the first house we ever bought. And uh, we snatched that thing up because it just made all the sense in the world. So it's actually another duplex. Apparently all we ever buy are duplexes. It's got six bedrooms, two baths upstairs, and another five bedrooms, two baths downstairs, in addition to two large storage units and three parking spots in the back. So a total of 11 bedrooms. Yes. So it's a really big property. And what we really liked about it was the cash flow was awesome. Yep. And we just, it's not what we were looking for necessarily. We were kind of thinking more along the lines that we would purchase a single family home that needed help that also had a bigger yard. So we were that's kind of what we were looking for, thinking we might want to buy. And then this came along, it was like, this cash flow is too good. Yeah, we're this makes this. all the sense <laughs> in the world. So we ended up jumping on that. And it was cool that the house was actually not that old. So it was built in the early to mid 90s, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was built as this house the way I just described it. It wasn't some old house that, you know, got chopped up and all that weird stuff like you see in some of these U district houses. So it made so much sense for us. We had an inspection done. Turned out that all four bathrooms needed to be remodeled like pretty bad. They were all original. There were a lot of leaks. It was just not in great shape. So we ended up getting negotiating um, some good compensation so that we could do the work after the fact. The seller didn't want to do the work and we didn't necessarily want the seller to do the work. We wanted to have control over what got done, how it got done, what materials were used. We wanted to make sure that it was going to be durable and last. That's way more important to me. Um, really when doing anything on these investment properties. Yep. So we coordinated, I coordinated with somebody and they actually were able to do the remodel. Like it wasn't even two weeks, probably 10 days or so after close. Yeah. It just happened um, to work out. Like that's not normal that it works out like that, no, but they're we were just lucky. They had a cancellation and it just perfectly played into our plans. Yeah. So they were able to remodel all four bathrooms, not at once, of course, because there was tenants living in there. So yep. they um, did one bathroom for each unit at a time. And then when that bathroom was done, they did the next bathroom. And when it was over, we sent, you know, a big pizza party over to the tenants as a thank you for living through construction. So yep. they yep. were very appreciative of that. And yeah. they're fine with it. And so. they had new bathrooms out of it too. So yeah, but you always got to take care of your tenants, you know, just show them mm-hmm. little like things of thanks. I know in the past we've um, we've sent like bags of Halloween candy mm-hmm. over to their house but right before Halloween, knowing that a bunch of college kids aren't necessarily and going to think to, to give out candy to trick-or-treaters. So, you know, you just want to make sure that you're thinking of them and, and taking care of them here and there. Yeah. So our next um, project, after we purchased that, we said, okay, let's go back to what we were planning to do before this really great opportunity came, Yep. which is that we wanted to purchase a property that needed some remodeling on the main house. And then we were hoping to buy something that had potential to put a dadu or backyard cottage in the yard. 
And so we were kind of looking at that as a possibility. And we started talking to um, Joe, Christian's friend since forever. Yeah, since before we met. Yeah. And so he really wanted to do something similar. So we decided to partner with him, which is something we want to do a lot more in the future. We Mm -hmm. love having partnerships. um, And we were really excited to go on the journey with him. So we started looking for properties. And Joe, um, luckily at that moment, he had just moved back from California. And so he said, you know, I do need somewhere to live. So I would be open to living in whatever property that we purchase as um, my primary residence. So that really helped us. So it was great because he got to do, you know, a low down payment. I think he did a 5% down payment loan and it was very little cash out of pocket. And what we're going to do with this house is it's actually near U Village. It's right behind U Village, like one block away. Um, it's a it, cute little Tudor house. Yeah, Tudor house in a really nice area. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst house on the block or one of the worst houses which on is, the block. Which, which we is, like. Yeah, that's what you want. Our kids, when we drive around now, if they see a house that kind of needs some work, they'll go, hey, that looks like a great potential house, a great but, opportunity yeah, house. Yeah, they call it opportunity. That's so, a good opportunity house right there, Dad. So yeah, trying to teach them young. Um, so yeah, we found this great house. It needed some help. It had a very tall ceiling um, in the unfinished basement. It had an upstairs that they were calling in the listing two bedrooms, but there were no doors. It was just a big open area, which I don't know how they got away with calling it two bedrooms upstairs. <laughs> and then the main floor, there were two bedrooms and a bath. So it's a really, it was a two bedroom, one bath house. We are going to add numerous bedrooms, finish it off, and make it probably a seven or eight bedroom house, depending on how many bedrooms we're allowed to put in there, and rent that thing out. And probably also, college students. Yeah, most likely to college students, could be nurses because it's could right be. near Children's Hospital and near um, the University of Washington, uh, their medical center. Like it's close to everything. So there's a huge potential for great tenants in there. Mm-hmm. We already have a couple tenants in there right now. Yep. And we're about to start the remodel where we're going to finish off all those bedrooms. So um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, We're also working on that daddy in the backyard. So mm -hmm. we are in the process of getting our permits and just making sure that we can do it. So we will give you guys updates. Well, we know we can do it. It's really just the city saying, yes, you officially can do it. And how big and all that stuff. So yeah, we're in the process of that. So that's our most recent purchase of properties. So kind of a summary of our current portfolio for those who, because we have- For those following along. We have purchased and we have sold. So we just want to summarize. Okay, so we have our nine bedroom duplex in Wallingford. We Mm -hmm. have our 11 bedroom duplex in the U District. Mm -hmm. We have our soon to be eight bedroom property with a dadu that we purchased near U Village with Mm -hmm. our friend Joe. And we have our primary residence in Northeast Seattle that we're putting a mother-in-law suite in in the near future. AKA an an ADU. An ADU, yes. yes. So before we go too much further, I do want to explain what we're doing with this dadu at the um, house that we bought with Joe. So a dadu in Seattle, based on the current code, there's a little loophole in there that is pretty cool. Um, You can actually take that backyard cottage and the front house and you can, there's a way that you can sell each property off separately or each building off as separate units. And it's called, basically you make them condos. So they're legally, they turn into condos just on paper. Obviously it's still a house and a dadu, a backyard cottage. 
And what you can do is you can then sell them off. And in that area, in the U District, U Village, Bryant's neighborhood, a dadu that's two bed, two bath, a thousand square feet, it's probably going to sell for, I would say, a minimum of 700000 if not more. And they cost around two hundred and fifty dollars to $300,000 to build. So let's say it costs three hundred dollars to build and you sell it for seven hundred, dollars You just made $400,000. That's great. And you still have a house right there that you probably added some value to. And with us, we're going to have numerous bedrooms that we're going to rent out. And that house will cash flow, positive cash flow, even mm-hmm. with a low down payment. So it's kind of a no brainer. And now that's really what we're looking for. Um, we're trying to do more and more of those because it just makes sense. Not only does it add new, um, really desirable housing units to the area um, in really well-established neighborhoods, you can also rent them out and get cash flow that way. Um, there's just a lot of possibilities to with these dadus. Um, it's, it's great. So yeah. the hard part is finding the land. Thankfully, I love looking for that. I'm always finding these opportunities. Uh, it's funny, I randomly text our team because I'm always trying to get them to do the same thing because it just makes makes so much sense. I'll text them each randomly these properties or to the whole group um, and say, man, this is such a good dadu potential property. One of you guys should buy this or sell it to one of our clients. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and we, we do want to do more partnerships in the future. So um that's something that's on our mind for what's next. Um, yeah. and we've we've gone out to dinner with some like past clients and friends and stuff, and they've asked if they can partner with us. And you know, the more that we thought about it, the more we were like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We'd love to yeah. do more partnerships. And if anyone listening to this is interested in potentially partnering with us, we'd be open to that too. Maybe um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're doing an active or playing an active role in this. You could just lend money. And the money would be secured by the property. So it's very secure. Um, So we'd be open to that if anybody's interested. For sure. So that's kind of what's next on our investment journey is wanting to do that. And then there's a dream that's next on our investment journey, I hope. Yeah. I mean, we love uh, Hawaii. We love Maui. And we would love to find a house hack in Maui. House hacks just make so much freaking sense. Yes. Like clearly, if you haven't got that from our history, <laughs> they make so much sense. Yeah. And it makes it affordable to buy something that maybe you couldn't otherwise afford. Yeah. So our dream is to hopefully find a house in Maui that we can house hack and keep for ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. We've been, you know, daydreaming about this for a couple years at this point. Um, and now that we're back in this kind of acquisition phase of our life, I think we're we're going to kind of go a little more serious on that. So hopefully something positive comes from that soon. We'll see. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. And you're all invited. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's invited. Everyone. When that no. Yeah, all at once. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you gleaned some information from this that was helpful. Um, we are an open book. We are happy to talk pros and cons of investing in real estate. We're real people. We're doing this. It's making sense yeah. for us. And we we are managing these properties ourselves. We're managing mm-hmm. all of the properties that we mentioned. So we understand, you know, the time commitment of those, which honestly is not that bad. It's really not much. Um, no. The, so we the, happy to the talk only about time that. it's ever really hard is when you're showing the house for the yep. upcoming lease renewal. 
And then right when they're moving in slash people are moving out, that transition, just this communication. That's all that's yeah. happening. And it's literally just text messages. Just a few tough days in the whole year. It's yeah. worth it. Yep. Yeah. And we don't get those random, you know, everyone always hears the the myth of, oh, you're going to get calls at midnight about a toilet overflowing every, you know, all the time. And it's like, what are you talking about? No. No. Like that doesn't. Don't. Yeah. So it's not that hard to be a landlord. Um, but if it. But that said, if that's not your jam and you don't want to do it, like you can outsource it. There's property managers. That's why they get paid. That's what they do. And we have a whole episode about being a landlord and how that works on the podcast. We'll probably link to it here below. Okay. So yeah, thank you again so much for joining us on this special edition of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. And of course, thank you, Shannon. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. (laughs) I'm excited. I finally got to come on. I know. Exactly. Thank you for being a great partner throughout all of this as well. Aww, you I love too. you. I love you too. Sorry, guys. So yeah, as always, if you ever have questions, feel free to reach out all right there on our websites, all our contact info. As always, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, if you're interested in, you know, maybe partnering with us on our next real estate venture, feel free to reach out to me directly or anyone else on the Awesome and Awesome group. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think about this episode. You can go right on our website, awesomenawesome.com. And there's places right there. It's very easy to schedule a time to reach out. Or my phone number, direct line, is right there on the website if you want to talk, contact me directly. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Until next time.